Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 153 of the WW Bro Podcast with me, your host, Anthony DiDomenico, coming to you live every Monday night on Facebook, as well as on iTunes. And the, the website, just go to the website if you want to download it, www.podcast.podbean.com. But if you go to iTunes, please don't forget to five-star rate and review. I love reading the reviews. I love sharing them on social media, bragging about the best podcast listeners out there, and that is you guys. So definitely, definitely five-star rate and review. There are sales going on right now at Built Bar, guys. Don't miss out. There is white chocolate available for full boxes. So people are messaging me saying, is white chocolate going to come back? It's available now. I don't know how much longer it's available for. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use code WWBROPODCAST. Save yourself some money. We have a guest this week. You know what that means? That means Wednesday night I will be doing a live Patreon page bonus episode. To become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash WWBROPODCAST. Become a Patreon member, and you'll also have the access to the whole backlog catalog of the Patreon episodes, which come to you at least once a month. You'll get one bonus episode, at least one bonus episode a month when you are a Patreon member. It will be the last podcast of 2020 for me, so definitely check that out, patreon.com slash Podcast. As I mentioned tonight, I have a guest, and I'm so psyched to, to have this guy on. Chance, how you doing, buddy? I am. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for thanks for reaching out and getting me on the show. Oh no, I'm I'm psyched to have you on, and uh, I'm glad you decided to do it. That you know, Gormy didn't scare you away from podcast. That you actually <laughs> that you're coming yeah. on and doing this. Because um, I've been following you for a while now, and really, really loving your story, and kind of seeing a lot of similarities um, in, in our stories, which I'll, I'll let you get into in a second. So. You can follow Chance on Instagram, Fat Chance Trying. Definitely check him out. His page is super inspirational. And again, it's almost like in a way looking in a mirror, seeing from where you started, because we did actually start around the same weight. So I don't know if you want to get into that, um, like what made you like finally decide, okay, I have to make a change here. Um, yeah, I, I guess when I when I first started this, I was up at 600 pounds um actual recorded weight i was recorded in the hospital they lifted me up on one of those like uh free willy freaking whale trap <laughs> scales at the hospital right <laughs> they lifted me up on that and i obviously in canada in canada everything's in kilograms but like i'm old enough to learn pounds in school so like <laughs> i had to do the conversion and and it was 597 pounds, and I had already been in there for three days on like some bunk ass hospital diet. So there's there's like looking back now, like yeah, I was 600 pounds. Yeah, I, um, I, I was 583, so I definitely feel that I was I was close. Another month, I would have been there. Oh, well, exactly right. Um, so why I started, I was like depressed, clinically depressed suicidal my life was non-existent i was basically a prisoner in my own body um i hadn't been able to land a job in like two years i had a mattress and a bed like a bed frame on the floor because it broke i just 
would lie there day in, day out and just be miserable as hell. And then I, I would try to, you know, live, but you weren't living at that size. No, I, so I, 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 I had a friend that she was having success with this ketogenic diet, the kind of diet I sort of follow. And, uh, it really, it really like, it really got me thinking like maybe I can do it because <clears throat> we go on Instagram, we see all the people, but yeah. we don't know those people. We, 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 we tune into Dr. Phil with, with our grandma on four o'clock after school. And we see the fat lady that lost 200 pounds. And you don't believe that shit. No, I, I, I didn't, I never believed it either because like you said, you, you tune in and you see it, but you don't, yeah. you don't see it. You, you see the before and after picture and you don't, you don't know that what goes into it. Like I know for myself, yeah. like what you're saying is resonating big time. Cause I was getting, I was there, uh, you know, movement was yeah. almost non-existent. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a stand up comic, so I, I couldn't even literally stand up to do comedy. I had to sit in, in, on a stool to do comedy. Otherwise, I couldn't breathe. I was I would lose my breath as just talking, I, I, talking. I would lose my breath. Um, so I, I definitely get what you're saying. It's it's true. Like I, my my bed is on the floor, on a box spring because when I got it, I was close to 600 pounds. I, I didn't want to break a, a bed frame. I, I didn't want. I so this is kind of like it's. It, I'm looking at a you know kind of like a flashback mirror here of the kind of the same things that were going on with me. And I know for myself, yeah, it, it was like, you know, I don't know how you were, but in my, in my 20s and 30s, it was kind of more gradual. And then in my later 30s from where I am, it kind of was like almost like a mad dash to that finish line of where I, where I was. For you, was it a gradual crawl to 600 or were you like fast and furious going hard and, you know, fast? Um, no, um, I... Uh, in the other interviews I've done, like I always say, like I, I was a big kid. I was a mm-hmm. big kid since grade school, picked last unless it was football. You know, like I was, I was a big boy, and I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And one time during this journey, like I, I look back, I had my old grad suit, my 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 tux in in my closet. You know, like my mom bought me the grad suit. This is your one suit you're gonna wear the rest of your life. Funerals, weddings, that's it. Well, I outgrew that thing in, in about two months after graduation, right? But I, as I'm reducing down in my journey down to weight, I'm trying on these old clothes. So I put on this grad suit. I'm about like 400 pounds at the time when, when I retried it on. And the thing was too big. And then I'm like, holy fuck. I was over 400 pounds when I graduated high school. Because obviously I never stepped it on a scale, Me neither. right? Yeah. I was like. I was that big in high school. So no, it, it was, it was just a gradual thing. And then after high school, a guy got in, into working and I worked blue collar jobs. So pretty physical jobs, which also amazed me that I could do it at that size. But so that kind of put the weight at like a, a, a slower crawl. Yeah. I kind of mean maintain between, and this is a big between, but between the 400 and the 500 mark, kind of maintained in between there. And then what really pushed me over the edge was that that gradual build up to the 500. And then I, I was I was becoming more depressed, more dependent on on alcohol to to cope with my bullshit. And 
physically the jobs I was doing, I was getting in shit at work because I couldn't keep up. And I, I'd, and I'd be messing and I, and I and I'd be messing things up and I was becoming a safety risk. And then the industry I was working in, the economy took a dive. I ended up getting laid off. And, and after that, trying to find the job again, because, I mean, you walk into an employer's office at 500 plus pounds, no one's going to hire you. No, and I got like, that. Like, I, I don't do manual labor. I, I, I do, you know, I work in an office. I, I work at a desk. And I yeah. got that even with that. So I can't imagine, you know, you got to yeah. do physical manual labor. And, you know, if I walked into a job, like they wouldn't do it. But, you know, a lot of these jobs, they don't want to take the risk. They don't want to, you know, because they, they see somebody who's overweight. They think he's going to be sick a lot. So, you know, yep. we're going to have him in. He's not going to be here. So, yeah, I got that just from that. So I can't imagine, you know, doing physical labor. And I feel you as well. I was a big kid. Um, I was heavy as a child. And really, with you know, in the last time I actually weighed myself as a kid, I was it was seventh grade for the wrestling team. I was 200 pounds. And I don't remember weighing. My, I don't remember like my doctor would just like write a number down. Cause he was like this old, like, you know, family doctor. And he was like, Oh, you get on the scale. And it wasn't really tipping. It was just like, yeah. and he was just like, write a number in. So everyone for a physical, that's what it was. I would just guess my number, but I didn't know what I yeah. was until I, I weighed in. The first time I really went to WW in 2003, I was 408 pounds at, at, at 23 years old. So you think from right. 23 at that point, until when I came back at 37, I put on almost 200 pounds in, in that, that time frame. It's crazy to think about it. That's why when you put on that suit, you're like, uh, yeah, it, the weight goes on very quickly, especially, like you said, you were battling depression. You were drinking. So that yeah. that definitely um, probably added to a lot of the, the weight gain as well. Yeah, big, big, big. It was, it was like a two to three year span there where, where a guy was out of work and then like it just seemed to come on fast and furious that last hundred pounds because I mean, I, I still tried to go out and do things. I still tried to be active around the house, but I got to the point where it's like, I was so dependent on everyone else, my wife, everything. And then obviously being depressed, I was a miserable son of a bitch to deal, to live with and deal with. I mean, I, I remember like I would just phone her and be like, "Oh, I'm having another shitty day. I just, I want to fucking end my life. Like, I just can't stand this." She's like, "Well, what, what can I do to make you feel better?" And I'd be like, "Well, I'll have like three Big Macs, and then you can pick up a bag of clothes. And I, I was using it as a drug, and and like, and I was manipulating her to, to get my shit because at this point I was basically house ridden, and the only time I'd get go out of the house is on the weekend over to buddy's house to get blackout drunk. Well, it is, it is a drug. I so, mean, I, I definitely, yeah. I'm full blown belief that food is a drug. Cause I, I have that. I I'm, I'm a food addict. I, I eat to fill any hole, whether it's I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm miserable. Any, any kind of emotion, I will celebrate that with food. So I, I get that. And it's yeah. true. Like, you know, what can it do to make me feel better? Oh, let's go. You know, for me, it was, let's go to the diner. Let's go here. Let's, you know, as a comic, I would eat yeah. at the clubs and then we'd celebrate a good set. We'd go out to the diner and I'd order like, you know, one time I ordered chocolate chip pancakes with like butter syrup. It came with like this big slab of ham. And I was like nodding out at the table in front of everybody. Else. Like my, my friends like, you all right? I'm like, I, I think I'm having a diabetic coma. I don't know what's going on. But it was like that. 
I, I never did drugs really, so I can't imagine it's the <laughs> same euphoria. I'm not a drinker, so like I can't imagine it's that same yeah. thing that just dulls everything because you, you don't feel anything when when you stuff yourself. You just it's that full feeling, and it kind of like numbs you to everything else. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, obviously, going back, I mean, I used eating before I started the drinking as a teenager. Like my 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 parents split when I was younger. The old man wasn't. He was your Hallmark movie bad dad. Let's just put it that way. The guy knew how to take you out back and tune you in if what <laughs> if he felt like it. So um, dealt with that, and then. I mean, mom was a single mom, worked, I'd go home and I'd have a bad day at school from being bullied and picked on and, or we'd come back from our dad's house because we had forced visitation rights. And yeah, man, I, I, like, I would, I would raid that cookie jar, man, that, that, that homemade cook, she'd make homemade cookies because we didn't have a lot of money and it was cheaper. So, but I, oh man, I used to get so much shit because that those were supposed to last the week or the month until oh, she had time to last. make more. <laughs> and, and oh no, I, I need the whole damn bucket of them, right? So it was, and then, then you feel bad. It was like that never ending cycle of guilt. So yeah, so I felt bad for doing that. As soon as mom's back was turned, I was into the ramen noodles, you know? So it was. Oh, yeah, I, I know that feeling too. I got, I got caught when I was a kid. Uh, my grandmother made cheesecake. So she lived, they lived downstairs. We lived upstairs and. I went in the middle of the night, just downstairs, and with my hand just took a hunk of cheesecake. Like, it thought, yeah. like, no one would notice. Like, it was just like, you know, so I get that. When you want to have something, you, you have it. Um, so yeah. y- you talk about, you know, growing up, you know, the, the, the weight was coming on. You, you're bigger as even as a child, teenager, than in, you know, your early adulthood. Now, was this the now when you started keto here, around what, you, what you're doing now, is this the first time you really – went at it like I got to take chance or did you try something like WW or anything else? Um, honestly, I remember as a teenager, my one grandma, she, she was always in uh yo-yo dieting. Yeah. So she, she, she'd have me on slim fast for a week. And then I'd be like, yeah, okay, grandma, this is, this is bunk. Like, <laughs> all right. And she'd even put me on this, like, is this brand stuff that I mixed water? And she'd be like, you got to drink this every morning. And I've lost 10 pounds. I'm like, okay, grandma, I love you. I'll try it. <laughs> and I mean, I, w- I would zone out of these diets as quick as she would. So other than that, like, no, I didn't. I just kind of like, it just was my life. And eventually, because like, after high school and in my early 20s, I mean, yes, I was depressed. Yes, I was drinking hard, but like, I, I, I still had a functioning life. Like I, I could do things. I could take holidays. I, I work really crazy labor intensive jobs. So it never seemed like it was something that was a factor, even at 400 pounds, right. Or 450. But as those numbers kept packing on, that's when it really started to hit home. Obviously I had like a lot of, bigger folks do like i had like self-image issues and everything but yeah there's nothing that cheeseburger can fix to make you feel good about yourself again right so, I, I, yeah i have this weird thing just, um I, I i've talked about it in the past like i saw when i when i was at my heaviest i didn't see myself like like that i didn't see myself that heavy i see myself more now like that 
than I did then being down over 200 pounds. Do you have that kind of an issue too, where you, like you see yourself still as that 600 pound guy? Oh, big time, big time. Um, and, and it is funny you say that because I was reflecting on this not too long ago, just kind of by myself, like the, the whole body dysmorphia thing was real back then as it is today because yeah, 400 pounds, young 20 year old chance with a pocket full of cash going to the club. I thought I was God's gift. Yeah. I, I, I did. And then obviously I, I realized as I got bigger, I'm like, Oh, may, maybe you're not. <laughs> and now I've lost weight. And I'm like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I feel fat today. And I get pissed, pissy about it. Right. And it's like, really, you're the skinniest and healthiest you've ever been in your life. Why are you thinking this? But I, I just think maybe it's because, you are more self-aware once you start taking this journey on. I and, think so. And sometimes, and sometimes a person, you know, will will stand there and pick their shit apart because they never used to before. And I don't know necessarily know if it's always the best thing to do, but sometimes it's like, all right, I'm looking in the mirror. I see what I need to work on, or you know, and and that that's one thing I I said to myself when I started this. I had to work on my mental health first before I even started to wait. So that's what I did. But when I, I just, and, and, and I've talked about this with, with John and I said that on his podcast, like him and Fit D-Rock's podcast too. Mm-hmm. I said like the one thing I had to be was like 110% truthful with everything. All those hard truths that we don't like looking our, at ourselves in the mirror and saying like, Oh, I, I ate, six bags of chips today and drank four liters of pop. We, no one wants to admit that shit. No, it's, no it's happy go admit- lucky. I mean, that's the thing too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like to put the happy face on and I, I've kind of been talking about my struggles that I've been having these last two months and it's freeing in a way. And I yeah. feel like, you know, also like the reason I, I started this, I wanted to help people. I, I wanted people to see, you know, that weight loss yeah. is not perfect, that we are struggling, that we are doing, you know, every day there's, there's different things that, you know, we deal with. And I think that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head was that you had to fix, your, you know, the mindset of it and like the whole mental aspect of it, because I, I know how to lose weight. And I think, you know, it's just yeah. I could go on WW and I could go through the motions and I did that and I would lose about 30, 40 pounds. And then I would just, I never changed up up top, and then I would just slide back down. I even lost as much as 150 at one point, and I slid back down because I never changed the way I thought about it and the way I thought about food right. and my relationship with it. So you said, you know, you, you mentioned that you, you struggle with depression and you struggle with mental health issues. And so, yeah. the, and you could see that food was definitely tied into that. So your was your first thing like, okay, listen, I got to get my head right, and then let's tackle the, the food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even before my, my friend who started doing keto and I seen it herself, I started going to therapy because like I was saying, lying on that bed was like that up still shot of a movie where you would see a fat man lying there in the room spitting. And I was just living a very dark, dark life. And I thought, you know, maybe give this whole counseling thing, therapy thing, another shot. And when I went to it and I was learning about, you know, looking in the mirror and facing your truth is you, you throw that out there to yourself, to everybody. This is it. This is real. This is who I am. This is how I, how I've been. This is how I've lived my life. 
ain't nobody can fucking take that away from you anymore. Absolutely. You're not hiding any shit. You're not, you're not hiding behind a, a mask, a smile, a piece of cake, a bottle, nothing. You're not hiding shit. And when it's out there, you're looking at it and you're like, well, now I have to deal with it. And then once when I found out once I started dealing with it, my mood improved. And when my mood improved, I was ready to accept and take on other challenges being my weight. Yeah. I call it like feeling you know? the feelings, like, you know, letting yourself feel the feelings. And even though it might, yeah. it might suck. Like when you're like, when you're just having that moment and you're having that breakdown or whatever it is, but you're, 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 you're getting through it. You're working through it. You're not pushing it down and you're not shoveling more, you know, shit on top of it. You're just letting it out and letting, you know, and, and getting it out there and just being like, Hey, this is what's going on. And, you know, you posted something yeah. this morning on your page that, you know, like, goddamn, if that's not the most honest, raw thing I've ever read on, you know, on any platform. And I give you kudos for putting that out there because, you know, not everybody could do that. I know, you know, I don't even know if I could be that honest with that. So does that help you? Like, listen, this is what's going on today, and you push it out there and just let it, like, get into the world universe and it's gone? Yeah. I mean, you'll learn in, like, certain therapies are, like, journal it, write it down. And I write it down, and that, that I, I mean, obviously, I wrote it down first, and then I contemplated about posting it, and then I just said, fuck it, and posted it. And, yeah, it does help because it's, like, there, there is now a weight off my chest there is it's now just out like like you said out into the universe and i mean obviously i got a ton of dms but a lot a lot so much support and i mean i know there's going to be a few people listening or will tune into this later thank you to those people that reached out and stuff and it's also other people that are like man i needed to hear that today because i've been dealing with the same stuff and and i and i just want it like when I started this page, it, it was first never to inspire anybody. It was just to hold myself accountable. Okay. And by being truthful with my whole journey. Now I have learned that, and I, and I hate saying this because it sounds so boastful and I'm not a boastful guy at all, but I, I do encourage people and I do inspire people. So if it can help someone feel like they're okay to talk about their shit, then do it. If, if, yes. if, if by me posting, my shit makes them feel comfortable to not, not necessarily post it on Instagram, but like go and talk to their parents, go and talk to their spouse, go and go and talk to your fucking doctor. If that makes them <laughs> decide to do that, then it, then it's worth it. Right. Uh, absolutely. And, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I you know just getting, you know, it out there, it, it, it helps. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like you said, you started this page to be 110% honest and, I think you were more than that this morning, and I think it's a safe place for guys to come. Like you said, it you you, you know you kind of said it, you don't want to be boastful. You're not being boastful by saying you're inspirational and motivating because you are. I mean, it's just yeah. the simple truth of it. That's that's you know. And I listen. I I get like that too when people you know I posted something on Instagram my story is like tell me something that you always wanted to tell me, and people are saying how motivational I am and this and that. It's hard for me to take compliments as big of a you know it's tough, but I think what you're doing about speaking out about mental health and weight loss, you're making a safe space, especially for men, mm-hmm. 
Because you, yeah. we're, we're doing th- two things that are taboo for men is weight loss and talking about our issues. Not enough men, yeah. are, you know, especially, you know, are doing both. So I think it's, you're creating a safe space, people to come and being like, okay, something's going on with me. And look, there's somebody else who has the same issues and he's, he's doing it. He's killing it right now. I think that's what you're doing with everybody. Yeah. And, and that's the one point, like I really like about like the men's mental health, like, it is so neglected and not talked about. I know it's cliche to kind of talk about toxic masculinity, but mm-hmm. man, and, and I and I come from a background, like I said, blue collar workers. I worked oil field and some of those roughneck guys, man, you showed any emotion, you could just you would get verbally assaulted and physically assaulted just because you were like having a bad day. But, but here's the thing that I've learned. All those guys are having a bad day. Yes. Some of those guys got three divorces under their belt, (laughs) (laughs) alcohol and addictions issues, man, you're more messed up than I am, but I'm just okay to talk about it. And and I guarantee if some of those old boys would have talked about their stuff, we wouldn't have this much this much of a problem with it today. No, you're right. It's you know? it's the macho, you know, it's it's the whole rugged macho man type of thing where like, you know, guys don't yeah. talk about it. And you know, I, I and here's yeah. here's something that maybe guys don't talk about, but I watch a show called A Million Little Things. And it's um you know, it's it's a drama show, but it does deal a lot with, you know, besides the fact that mo- probably mostly women watch it. But the premise of the show deals with men and their mental health. It, it starts with the suicide, and there's an, a, with a, a man committing suicide, and then it starts with a, a, another one of their friends being suicidal and dealing with depression. So it is, you know, putting that out there, and that you know we have this mental. And the guy on the show who's dealing with depression and suicidal, his father, you can kind of tell, has the same issues. But he was that mentality of like, you go to work every day. If things suck, it sucks. That's it. You just, you know, you power through it. And you know what? Sometimes that's that's a good attitude to have. But sometimes you just got to be like, man, I, I need to deal with this. I, I need to get that out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I come from that old school ways where, yeah, you, you suck it up and you get it done. But eventually when that stops working, what else do we try? Right. And yeah. for me, counseling, therapy, being able to talk. And, and you know what? It is so freeing to talk about that stuff. <clears throat> you will get the odd asshole call you a pussy and shit all over you, whatever. Hell with him. He's got his shit. Well, that's, that's the thing is they're dealing with it's the kind of like you, know, they don't want, it's that whole mentality. They don't want to deal with their issues. So they're going to, you know, they're going to make fun of you for yours. Yeah. And then, then I can get a lot of guys or, or, or people message me and be like, dude, you've changed it. I'm starting counseling right away. And it's like, awesome. I love it. When I hear that, I love it. When I get a DM after I've posted something about mental health or, or talked about it in a post or, or whatever, where, people want to change it because like it's bullshit man like 75 percent of suicides are males and Mm -hmm. that is that's not right just because we're 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 taught not to talk yeah i I mean (laughs) i don't know you you've seen my you've seen my page yeah i'm a big 
bad dude. I'm as macho as they come, but I don't give a shit about having to hide my feelings. Well, I think that's another reason why you, you resonate with people even more. And, uh, uh, you know, just, it, you know, looks can be deceiving sometimes. And they see you, you're a big guy, beard, look, you know, you, yeah. you look like, you know, you're going to make a bad guy in a movie. You know, you're, you're the guy, like, here he comes. He's going to, yeah. you know, barrel through the, he's going to break the bricks with his hands and he's going to come in and, yeah. you know, yeah. so people see, look at you and they don't, they don't probably don't right away put two and two together and be like, oh, oh wow, if he could talk about this. You yeah. know, I think it'd be different if it was somebody like if somebody was like, you know, five foot seven and they weighed 140 pounds. And like we talked about, we were talking about music before listening to emo or whatever, like that stereotypical, like someone who's yeah. dealing with feelings like they, they, they would expect that more than coming to your page. And I think, you know, what draws the, what draws them in is the weight loss. You know, you know, they'll, they'll see the transformation pictures and then they're coming and they're seeing this other stuff and they're getting like the whole picture here. That you know, it's okay, yeah. it's okay to to struggle with both your weight and, and and your mental health, and it's okay to seek seek help for both at the same time. Exactly, and I just yeah, I mean I like I mean stereotypes are stereotypes because I've been stereotyped too. <laughs> I've been stereotyped as this big, obnoxious, grumpy dude, and I mean I I, I can be. I, I definitely can be, but on the same side, I mean, I have a heart. I care. I have feelings. Um, I grew up with, with there was five boys in my family, including me. And it was kind of the running joke in my family. I was my mom's only girl. Like we were talking, like I said, I went through that early 2000s emo stage, you know? Yeah. I, I was I was the one in my room crying, and my my brother's like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? But, you know, um, now, now, now they're all proud of me for, for taking care of this shit and talking about it. And I've, I've had people in my personal life come up to me and like, man, just because of you, I, I decided. And like, I live in a rural area where men are men and farmers and mechanics and all this stuff. And like macho stereotypical dudes. They don't talk about, and, yeah, they don't talk about their feelings. So it, come up and, is they, that kind of why you started keto because of like your sur so surroundings? Like, is it, was it easier to do keto in like a rural type of setting or was um, it? No, no. Uh, it was just because my friend was doing it okay and i seen results and so that seemed like the diet for me obviously i used her a lot for a sounding board and some research but being 600 pounds and not being able to move i spent a lot of time on youtube watching videos on how this is done and and like the science behind it right and so once i understood that i just said to hell with it i like, what do I have to lose? And before I was always stuck on this thing that it would cost me all this money. It would cost me all this money. And that is some straight up bullshit. Eating healthy doesn't cost you money. If you're fat, I guarantee you've spent 40 bucks at a fast food joint by yourself. Absolutely. I guarantee, I guarantee it. So many times. And you do that two, three times a week. Still, like, yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and, then, and then you run down to the corner store of the 7-Eleven and you buy a... Uh, $2 big gulp and a $4 bag of Doritos. Dude, right there. You can buy like a cheap steak for that at the grocery <laughs> store. Go home and grill it. Like seriously, it's way better for you. All right. So like I once, once I wrap my mind around the concept of that, 
And I was just like, yeah. I, I, and, I, and, I, and at that point, what else did I have to lose? Just just wait. I, I could lose. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I was thinking, like, I could lose a few hundred bucks this month on broccoli, or I could lose some weight and better myself. I've spent money on worse. So I just said to hell with it and dived right in. And you you dove right in, and was it like something you thought like right off the bat, this is sustainable, I could do this, or did you have reservations at it at first? Actually, to be honest, I thought it was sustainable and I could do it because everything that you see or I read or seen about it, and if you go on Instagram, like search the hashtag keto, they'll show you the little food chart. It's meat. It's 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 meat and some green vegetables. Don't eat sugar. I was never the big. Sh- I mean, don't get me wrong. I ate sweets. I ate the mom's pails of cookies. I have like five Snickers in a row. But for me, it's always been salty, meaty food. Like I, okay. I, I so for me that was like whatever. I hate to piss off the Italians, but I've never been a fan of pasta. So I, like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh, all right, pasta and bread, eh, I can yeah. go without it. We call Potatoes. it macaroni anyway, so it's... A... <laughs> yeah. Potatoes was, was, was hard for me. I, I didn't like giving up chips or just even mashed potatoes. Like, yeah. that used to consist of our, our meal at home. We'd have, like, big portion of meat, heap of potatoes, and then, like, oh, yeah, I got to be responsible. 20, 30-year-old, here's a scoop of peas. <laughs> and that 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 would be tough, right? After you know you'd eat like four pounds of potatoes that day, so yeah. giving up that was a difficult. But for me, the results came rapid and quick. Like I think my first month, I was down twenty five pounds, and oh, I was wow. like, "Shit!" Like if I keep going at this rate, I mean, obviously, the more you lose, the more you you slow down. Slows but down. like, yeah. It just it just came on so fast, so rapid that I just I just kept going with it. I was excited, and then you start this Instagram page, and then it takes off, and you're meeting cool people and meeting people that inspire you, and it just it snowballed into success. Really, that's awesome. Sometimes, so, how long into your journey did you start the Instagram page? Like, how long did you wait for that? Um, actually, I, I started a Facebook page first but i don't even use it anymore because i hate running two accounts i'm not very i'm not a techie guy um i started this journey july 2nd 2019 that's when i started the facebook page around august i think it was august 19th it was my very first instagram post of 2019 okay i got only really been at this thing for roughly just little shy of a year and a half Oh wow! And you got so, you got some nice following there for a year and a half. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And what am I? Three hundred and ten pounds down. That's amazing. So that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. This think about that. That's like you know, it's two. That's two humans. You lost two humans. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, I'm I'm down a little over two hundred pounds. Um, you kind of plateaued the last year or so. And just you know, yeah. just try, just kill, just trying to kill myself to get back into the losing mode, and that's that's you know, three twenty five. I mean, two twenty five is my next goal to get down to, but I definitely will be at one point three hundred p- plus pounds down. 
Um, so right. what comes with that is obviously, you know, there's, there's loose skin and stuff like that. Do you have any plans to get like the, the skin removal surgery or anything like that? Um, there's, I, I don't mind that I got saggy bingo wings cause I can fill those out with some more muscle. That's kind of my, my new goals. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even mind a loose belly. I want to get rid of my bitch tits and my side flops. That's okay. It. And then, and maybe my male part there that hangs, but you know the the man fupa. I want to get rid of that, but no, I I wouldn't even care if I had saggy boobs. Like I wouldn't get 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 rid of like I don't know these things. They just they just piss me off so much. Me and but, my friend Nick call that the chicken cutlet. That's the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I um definitely, you know, when I'm done, I, I want to have my stomach, my chest, and my arms done. Um, that's one of the reasons I, you know, I don't have any tattoos really on my upper arms because I know when I have that surgery, they cut right down. It's not even like, it's not gentle. It's just they cut it and they pull. And that's, that's really all it is. So I'm going to wait until to get, you know, tattoos on my upper arms when, when that surgery is done, when, whenever that is. But, you know, I think, you know what it is too, though? It, for me, it's also like I, I work so hard for this. I just want to, for once, just feel what it's like not to have that stuff around the middle and on my chest and stuff like that. So to me, it's it's more of like, you know, I'll be vain a little bit. And that's that's really what it is. It's not about health. It's about, you know, being vain. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's why I said, like, I want those gone. I'd like. I'd like obviously to build a bigger chest and, and not have man moves. It'd be nice to be a man. I don't, <laughs> I don't want boobs. No, <laughs> actually, I, I, used to, I, get I used to have a joke back in the day and, and, you know, working on construction and get, gets, gets a little crude. And, you know, everyone's like, Oh, are you, you, uh, you a butt or a breast guy. And I'm like, man, I love boobs so much. I grew a set of my own. <laughs> <laughs> that was always, always my running joke back in the day anyways but no and I, there's nothing wrong with getting it cut off I, no i i agree yeah. uh, i'm for i'm for whatever makes people feel good like whatever motivates you and pushes you and and gets you to that next step if, if that's what it is to me that's what it is right now you know especially when yeah. i'm struggling I, I think about the you know well i got to keep losing because i, I want i want to get to that 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 goal line i see the light at the end of the tunnel so yeah, I mean for yeah. me that's 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 motivating, and for I see other people too that like I can't wait to just wear a bathing suit, and, you know, take my shirt off in public, and just you know do things that people take for granted. I think that's really what it is as well. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I kind of have a don't give a fuck attitude, so I'll take my shirt off at the beach, like I was doing it this summer at the beach, but yeah. like that was or to prove to myself that I could do it and still be comfortable with these new changes that I've made. And I, and I was proud of those successes still. And, and, and on the other side of that coin and at the end of the day, yeah, no, I wouldn't mind looking normal. Yeah. Or like there's, there's again, I don't find nothing wrong with that surgeries. If, if that's your alley and if that makes you happy, go for it. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. We have, we have a couple of uh, some listeners sent some questions. Um, as I picked out a few here, um, I don't know what this means. That's why I wanted to ask you this. Um, they wanted to know if you are part of a frat. No, I don't know if that's like a club I, now I, I, or when you were younger. I, I maybe that's what they were talking about. 
No, uh, not not a frat. I'm on a Instagram group, guys. But... <laughs> is that a frat? Is that the frat? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It all depends who asks the question. <laughs> do you uh, do you have like a name for yourselves? Do you call yourself something like you know, or uh, if, it's, if it's private, you don't have to say it. But it's just one of those. Oh, you can say yes or no if it's private. Um, back in high school, my nickname was Chins. C H I N Z. Um, or Z for the Americans Uh, Z just because you know I was more gangster (laughs) All right. Um, yeah there's no question here biggest non-scale victory besides becoming a model Uh, (laughs) that's a tough one besides becoming a model Um, being able to fit behind the wheel of a bigger again driving truck okay it's I, I, I have a class one driver's license or a CDL as the Americans would call it. And my old man drove, grew up on, grew up on the farm. So running big truck and equipment was, is just part of our, our lifestyle and part of our blood and heritage, if you will. So when I couldn't physically do that, that was a big and emotional killer. But now that I can get behind the wheel of a big rig and just drive wherever the hell I want, I'm happy about it. Yeah. I, I, so, I, but it used to do a joke about like that I judge my weight loss success by um, how little my belly honks the horn when I get out of the car. So I, I get that. I get that. Like, you know, for a while I'd have to like slide out of my car because if I turned, I would hit the horn and it was embarrassing. It was looking like, you know, and you're like, oh, well, you know, what was going on? So I, I, I couldn't. So I know a big rig. It's like that's the seat set. That's it. Right. It's no give or take or anything. Right. Some of them you can lower it and. Some of the steering wheels tilt up and down a bit, but they they look huge on the outside. Yeah, because it's all engine and a sleeper where the guys stay overnight if they're doing long haul. <clears throat> but the but the actual cockpit itself there is no room, like none whatsoever. And you are jammed in there at well, I mean, I think at five hundred pounds, I can fit behind the wheel of most of them. Oh wow! So that's that's definitely that's a great non scale victory able to just you know. I guess if you drive and that was something that you grew up with yeah. to do that yeah. again. Um, so that's true. You, you are, you have become somewhat of a model now. Uh, yeah, I did some modeling for a local merch company. They're starting their own t-shirt brand or whatever. Um, I, I, I followed them on Instagram. I seen they were looking for models. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm pretty good looking. So, so, so I messaged him. I was like, check out my Instagram page. I can help you build a bit of a following. Maybe you can help me. I want to do this. Just kind of break out my own insecurities about myself. I did it. I had a blast and yeah, that's I, awesome. I enjoyed it. That, that is absolutely well, well, awesome. Maybe if they call me, if anyone's looking for like a fat bearded guy to model shit, well, you know, they should Instagram. use guys more real to life. I mean, I, I grew up with the, the, the big and tall catalogs and they were all like, like Ken dolls. I'm like, I don't know how this looks on me. Like, it's not going to look on, you know, the way that it looks on this guy. I got a lot of, right. This is like, there's a lot of skin here. They, they got, they got clothes got to fit around and, and mutate around. And they got Ken dolls yeah. in, in the, in the thing. So hopefully they, they, you know, they do, um, and the women is they're starting to use more, um, plus size women more, you know, <clears throat> which is great. I mean, when I feel comfortable when you're looking at a catalog or, or, you know, something to actually see how something fits. 
Oh, exactly. Okay, here. Someone, someone would like to know the thoughts on low-carb keto from both of you. So I'll let you go first on what, like your, what your thoughts are on low-carb keto and uh, that diet. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's great. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> it's gave me the ability to lose weight. Um, so obviously, I, I don't think it's harmful. I don't think... I think people get a very misconstrued view of it when they're looking it up sometimes because they just see piles of bacon and butter Hmm. and they're like, Oh, if that's that's not good for you. But then again, do your research. You'll, you'll find out that that's not exactly what it is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, basic, basic low carb keto is like protein and then your your veggies and and fat and so you're just cutting out the carbohydrates which your body doesn't necessarily need to live i'm I'm not big on the science behind it i've I've never really been i just i just know it works for me i mean i know guys on we both know guys on instagram that have lost weight by eating cookies all day yeah i mean that's Whatever works for you. And like, you know, for me, my thoughts on it is the same thing. And I, I, that's one of the reasons, you know, I have people like uh, Chance on the podcast is because I, I do WW and I do macro and calorie counting as well. But there's other things out there. If that doesn't work for you, there's, there's other avenues. And I want people to see that. Um, I think that any kind of, lo- you know, you should be low carb anyway. Uh, even on WW, watch the carbohydrates, watch the sugars, watch that, you know, that, that food's no good. Um, and I think what you're saying is that the the stigma that it gets is people remember Atkins. I did Atkins back in the early 2000s. And mm-hmm. I was just, like you said, I was eating bacon and I was eating any kind of meat. I was eating supersod and all the Italian foods, cheese. I wasn't doing it for health reasons. I was like, okay, I'm not eating sugar. I'll just eat. And I, I ate like crap. And I lost, oh, yeah. I lost weight right off the bat, but then I didn't feel good. So I think that's yeah. the, that's the stigma you're kind of talking about with keto. If people think about it right away, they're like, oh my God, it's just meat. And there's, there's no, there's nothing else. But I see, like you said, I follow a lot of keto accounts as well. And they're eating vegetables. They're eating, you know, proteins yeah. and it's a balance like anything else. And, but like, like you said, like, I mean, if I ate, 6,000 calories a day of anything and then and wasn't active I'm gonna gain weight yeah like it, the, you still have to have a calorie deficit your macros still have to be relatively in check I mean and again I hate to reference Dr. Phil but I was watching him one time and this stuck out to me this is like way 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 back like high school he was on there with a fat guy and I was watching it and he's like the fat guy's like, oh, I, I, I eat oranges all day. And he's like, yeah, but if you eat 30 oranges a day, it's still going to make you fat. <laughs> yeah. That's... Like, like, if you're, like there's, there's no two ways around it. Like, we, we have to watch what we eat. We have to be mindful of what we put in our bodies. Absolutely. Because on, How... on WW, they go free. It's Yeah. Like, oh, this is free. Yeah. It's zero. No, it's not free. It's zero points. I mean, it's there's still a caloric value to it. There's still, you know, calories. is. Just because it's zero points doesn't mean it's free and you can eat as much as you you want of it. You still got to keep some kind of a a track. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Somebody here wants to know, how do you maintain your healthy lifestyle once you get to a goal weight? 
Um, stay at it. Like, um, say, say you hit that goal weight. Again, that goes back to being mindful of what you eat. And if you learned how to track your food, you, you kind of know what your maintenance calorie calories are. Just as soon as you lost your weight and say you hit your goal weights, like say I lost the 300, I'm like, hey, I'm going to stop there. Doesn't mean I'm going to put the scale away. Yeah. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean, oh, I hit this weight. I'm going to go out and go back to eating like a piece of shit again. No, you just stick with it. You- that's why like it's referred to a lifestyle change. Yes, absolutely. And I, that's, and I- that's- a million times I've said that on here. It's a lifestyle change. And have you have you set a goal for yourself? Like, if you like, this is my goal weight, um, or you just give yourself uh, small goals along the way. I, my first goal weight was to lose half my body weight to three hundred pounds. I've lost this three hundred and ten. I would like to settle at around two sixty five to seven two seventy. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a skinny boy. I've never wanted to be that. I still like a man, big man physique. Um, so roughly I, I'm, I'm, I just kind of figured this out. Like I'm 25 pounds away from hitting that. Oh, wow. That's... Uh, I'm at two and you know, 265. So I, I'm within that range, but like, obviously now I have new goals. I want to get more in, into lifting, more into bodybuilding that sort of thing. Like I, I mean, I did do that along the way, not as hardcore as I probably could have been. Then I got back to work. So that took over. Um, obviously I'm on winter layoff. COVID's a bitch. <laughs> eh, so guys back, guys back at lifting weights at home again. And I'm, I'm trying to be strict with it, but I, if I'm honest, I have a hard time. And I don't know if it's maybe because it's just at home. And when you're at home, you're in your, that comfort zone. And you're like, eh, I, I only have to be accountable to myself. And, I, and as I'm saying this, I'm like, that's right. You only have to be accountable <laughs> to yourself. When you weren't accountable to yourself, you got 600 pounds, asshole. Well, I, I think it is being home. Because um, when, you know, yeah. when this whole thing first started and the gym shut down, I was like, okay, I can still do this. And I went out and I bought resistance bands and things like that. I was not motivated at all. And I just, you know, it took me and took me out of the game a little bit. And I just started going back to the gym now and lifting again and everything. And I'm starting to feel that motivation again. So I definitely feel that where, you know, at home for some people, yeah, they could do it. But I, I think for me, I have to be out and somewhere and be at the place and get that workout. in. that's, that's what works for me. Yeah. Like back, Back in the summer, I was flipping tires in the backyard and going on walks daily. And and I my my cousin in law gave me a, a a bench and a bunch of free weights, and I was hitting that hard. And then, like honestly, I fell off. Um, I got a new curl bar for Christmas, so we're gonna be utilizing that. I moved all my stuff into my basement because it's Canada and it's fucking cold outside. <laughs> So I'm just going to have to make myself do it. And, and I don't know, I'll, I'll figure out a way to do it because I'm pretty resourceful at pushing myself. Are you on the West coast or East coast of Canada or like in the middle? Right in the middle, like right above North Dakota, Montana. Okay. Yeah. That's cold. Middle (laughs) middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere cold. Yeah. I'm not a hippie on the West coast and I don't think I'm better than everyone. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, 
Nebraska, just kind of plain. <laughs> okay. Are you a big hockey fan? Oh uh, yeah, as much as the next Canadian. I'm not I'm not hardcore. I didn't play growing up or anything. Okay. Um to be honest, I can't even skate. So but I but I will watch hockey. I mean, I was a big guy. I wasn't skating. My ankles were weak to begin with. <laughs> what's uh what's your favorite uh, team? Edmonton Oilers. Okay. I'm an Islanders fan. I'm from Long Island, so I'm a big Islanders fan. Yeah, you took Gretzky. No, we didn't take Gretzky. You guys took Gretzky. That's the Rangers. Didn't he go play? Uh, no, the King. Oh, he, went to the, he went to the Kings, and then he went to the Blues. Then he right. went to the Rangers, um, which killed me because I was a big Gretzky fan as a kid. And then to yeah. see him play for the Rangers, it was the absolute worst because I, I hate I hate the Rangers. But I do love hockey. And I wish like it was funny. Um, I wish when I was a kid I learned how to play hockey because I love I love the sport. But the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was a big kid. Um, I don't know how I would have done really. You know, skating um, as I got older. So I suck to baseball yeah. and football and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would play a bit of football just during recess or noon hours in high school. I I, I never did the organized sports thing. We had, we like I said, we had the five boys in our house and one of them got to be an athlete and it was my youngest brother because he actually had some talent. Okay. That, like that, 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 that was my stepdad's words. He's like, no. I'm spending money on him because he might go somewhere and you guys are dog shit. So get a job. That's supportive. That's <laughs> what it is. But, and, and he, he was a hell of a hockey player. He did good for himself. Okay. So never, never made it pro or anything, but like he's, he was a hell of a hockey player. Well, so. I, I just wanted to thank you for coming on today. Uh, really had a good time uh, chatting up with you. Really motivational story. Um, Definitely check out uh, Chance on Instagram at Fat Chance Trying. Do you want to plug anything while you're here? Um, any websites or anything that people go to? No, man. I I, I don't. I'm not connected with anything <laughs> like that. I, Refreshing. Just out there doing. Yeah, yeah. Just out there doing doing you, and you're doing a great job, man. Super inspirational. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you, and hopefully we can have you back on again and do this soon. Yes, perfect. I love it. Thanks All right. a lot. All right, man. Well, everybody, that was episode 153 of the WW Bro Podcast. I want to thank Chance for being on the show. Had a great time talking to him. You can find this episode on iTunes as well as www.podcast.podbean.com. And while you're on iTunes, five-star rate and review. Definitely go and check that out. There will be a bonus episode this week on the Patreon, so you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast, become a member, and you'll have access to that bonus episode. It's the last episode of 2020. Finally, so definitely go check that out. We are played in and out each week by Hollow and their single, Something to Believe. My best friend Nick wrote this song. You can check it out on iTunes. And while you're there, he's got his new band, Demon Scar. He's dropping new material this week. You can also get it at demonscar.bandcamp.com. Long Island, only one place to go for your deli needs. That's Finn's Deli, 4646 Merrick Road in Massapequa. Tell my brother Mike you heard the plug on the show and get yourself an Uncle Cheese. It's the best sandwich out there. Once again, I want to thank everybody who joined us on Facebook Live and everybody listening at home on your podcast listening devices. This has been episode 153. I'll talk to you later. Have a great week.